there. You're listening to the She's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin M. Kirksey. She's Up is all about us rising to our call as kingdom women. On each episode, you'll hear from regular women and how they are looking for and living out their callings in everyday life. I can't wait for you to join us on our journey to be the kind of women that when our feet hit the floor, the devil says, oh no, she's up. Okay, friends, here's the deal. I just have to tell you that this episode, unbelievable. My friend Shelby, even more unbelievable. So much so that I needed to break our interview up into two parts. I promise you will not be in the slightest disappointed other than the fact that you're going to have to wait until the next episode comes out to hear the rest of this. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am that you get to hear from my friend Shelby. And I promise part two is totally worth the wait. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Shelby. Hello, party people. Welcome back to She's Up. I am so excited for you um, to hear from my friend Shelby Roberts today. Shelby is all things sunshine and energizer bunny and honestly is just a great person to laugh with whenever you just have a long day. Um, But I am pumped for you to hear from her and I just, I am so excited for this conversation. But Shelby, how are you doing? How is life? I am good. I'm good. I'm in Stillwater, Oklahoma, as you know, and things are kind of getting back to normal. So it's kind of uplifting. I was kind of discouraged. You know, of course, I think we all thought COVID was ending um, in the winter as we, I think, were hopefully um, and blissfully unaware that it would keep going on. Um, but yeah, it kind of feels like, you know, summer's on the horizon and I'm sure you working at a public school are also very ready for summer. <laughs> very excited about that. Very excited for summer to, um, let our kids go free. But I, I will say, um, teachers need summer more than students and that's a fight I will fight till the end of time. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt. My mom has worked at a public school all during my time in school and I always remember thinking like oh yes I can't wait for summer but I also remember literally seeing like the relief of her getting in our car on the last day of school as if it was this like feat she had conquered and at the time I probably Uh thought like oh how dramatic but now I'm like yes I understand yeah working working (laughs) at a university I'm sure you feel similarly but honestly I think we have an easier job with college students at least like you know they come here they have their fun and then we can send them away in the summer for the most part (laughs) yeah and (laughs) we can (laughs) and they can drive themselves home which is also a plus (laughs) not not all mine can do that so (laughs) lots and lots of fun but all right my friend let's just jump in what what's something all of your friends know about you Uh, You know, when I saw this question was going to be asked, I really was like, man, like, 
well, what do people know about me? Like, what's so interesting? And at first, I was thinking, like, very, you know, surface-level things, such as my number one played song since 2016 has been Closer by the Chainsmokers. And if you know me, I am, like, so obsessed with that song. I literally listen to it, like, all the time, like, screaming it, you know, screaming at fraternity parties, RIP, college Mm -hmm. days. Now I'll scream in my car because I'm old. (laughs) Um... And I don't, I honestly, I hope, I hope it never gets old for me. Like, I hope that I, like, have children one day, and they know that song, and they are obsessed with it, too. Um, but then, as I started kind of thinking more about the question, I thought, okay, my friends, if I asked them, would probably say, oh, Shelby loves to throw parties, she's a hostess, mm-hmm. um, which I do. I love having people over to our house. I love feeding people, giving people um, sonic drinks, like, my love language I think it's like all of Oklahoma's love mm-hmm, language absolutely. drinks but I love I love making people feel loved and so honestly I put this question on my private Instagram story and I kind of got responses I, I got responses I thought I would get I got some that were like you're a hostess you're this you're that but you know the ones that really made me feel happy were the ones that said you know you're loyal and you're sincere and you're thoughtful and welcoming and I honestly think and I hope that what my friends would say about me is that they always know that they're welcome and not just invited. Um, and I think that's a really big part of my life. It's helping people understand there's a difference in being invited and being mm-hmm. welcome. Absolutely. Because I want, and I think I spent a lot of time wanting people just to know they were invited, right? Just wanting people to always hopefully feel included and always say, oh, come with me, do this, do that, do the other. And then when I started really making the shift to... Uh, the understanding of what it feels to be welcome. I hope that now I've created a space for people to understand that they can come exactly as they are, exactly as who they are, um, and that they're loved just like that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I guess to be a deeper um, response, other than, you know, close to the chain smokers, I hope my friends know about <laughs> me, <laughs> that they're welcome and that they're loved just how they are and they don't have to change a thing about themselves because I am obsessed with I'm sure as you know, if you're my friend and you can become my friend in five minutes, truly, I am obsessed with you. And I could write a book about anyone that I love. um, And I probably would gladly do it if someone asked me to write a book about them. So (laughs) that's what I hope people know about me. But they're always welcome Um, (laughs) to be just who they are. Yeah. Hey, I I will 100% back that up because – and it's funny. I'm I'm trying to think. You were a junior when I was a freshman in college, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But – when I, so for those of you that want a peek behind the curtain of Shelby and I's relationship, so Shelby and I were both in sororities and we were both involved in like Panhellenic and Greek life overall. So Shelby was many things on Panhellenic, but um, she ended up after she graduated her first year of her master's program, she was the um, graduate teaching assistant for Greek life. And so she oversaw the, what was called Junior Greek Life, now it's called Junior Greek Leadership, I think, at OSU, um, or JGL. And I was the intern for the program. So I reported to Shelby and all of the shambliness that ensued. Um, so I will definitely say Shelby, Shelby and I, 7 a.m. meetings were a lot of coming as you are, rolling out of bed walking dragging myself to the student union so i will say i'm very i'm very thankful for shelby and her encouragement during that year (laughs) 
but oh my gosh no I Caitlin you I always tell people that first year that I was an advisor because for those of you listening I still advise college students and I love doing it um but you know that first year I think looking back I was so nervous and I'm sure some people saw right through it but I thought I was hiding it so well and I thought I was like oh my gosh, I bet everyone thinks, you know, like, I am, like, such a good advisor. No! Oh my gosh, I literally, (laughs) I think back, I think back, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, we had 7 a.m. meetings, and, like, I was always running, like, Mm -hmm. a chicken with my head cut off everywhere I went, and I, like, just have to, like, back and laugh myself, and I have to give virtual hugs to Caitlin and all the other students I advised that first year, (laughs) especially Caitlin, like, she said, I, she was, you know, my little partner in crime that year and truly could not have done it because like I said I was just a hot mess so it's so hilarious to think back and look on but yes come as you are was definitely kind of Mm -hmm. evolved that year because oh yes um in that office there's no telling what Mm -hmm. I look like at 7 a.m or what I behaved as at 7 (laughs) a.m you know ditto (laughs) (laughs) yep mm -hmm. we're just gonna next question All right, Shelby, what what would you say um, is something that you are an expert in? Okay, yeah, so also did not think too much into this either because I was kind of laughing, thinking like, oh my gosh, I will never be an expert in my life at anything because as you will probably hear me mention, everyone listening and Caitlin already knows this, I cannot pay attention for more than about 10 minutes I, um, I can, in my life. Sure. Um, so I was like, okay, expert in what do I always do? And you know, it's really a toss up between, um, I'm probably the queen of restarting the dryer if I don't want to fold my laundry. Um, and now having, <laughs> and now having a husband and living with a man, uh, hey, I think he probably hates me for it because sometimes he'll be like, oh, the laundry's just still not done. But it's really just me being um, very lazy. <laughs> And not doing it. Um, and so, you know, hey, equality. Men can fold, fold the laundry. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Tanner has gotten very used to that, <laughs> thankfully. Um, or I also love finding random TV shows to watch. I always, like, will tell my friends when I'm watching a new TV show. Lately I've been watching this <laughs> this show um, about the Amish community, which I love. Okay. Um, very informative. I like knowing a little about a lot of things. So I'll watch, you know, one episode of a show and then think I'm an expert oh. and then move on to something else. So I think next time moving on to this show about um, <laughs> gay wardens in Texas. Um, hmm. So about animals and uh animal laws I guess I don't know we'll see but um I find these shows by literally googling random tv shows new um and if you didn't know there's a lot of blog posts <laughs> there's a lot of blog posts about new random tv shows and so I'm probably like a sucker these tv networks are probably like who is this like ip address in Stoughton, Oklahoma just like watching these shows watching all these random but TV it's shows. me yeah, it's me. It's I, me. So if a show stays in business, it's because of me. I would love to see what your Netflix <laughs> looks like. Truly. Because you know how all of... It's funny. Because you get on, like, different people's Netflix accounts, and you're like, why does yours look completely different than mine? Like, mine is stand-up comedies, documentaries, and, like, sappy romance movies. But yeah. what would you say your Netflix looks like? 
You know, I think my Netflix, I also love documentaries, so I get a lot of documentaries. Um, I love crime shows, but my thing is, if the crime is, like, too believable or relatable to me, I cannot watch Ah, it. Yes. So it has to be, like, it has to be so outlandish, like, so unrelatable to me that I'm, like, okay, yeah, I can watch this and, like, listen about this, like, man that was, like, brutally murdered. But if it's a woman being brutally murdered, you know, like, on the highway or something, uh, I'm absolutely not, absolutely <laughs> not, cannot listen. Um, so, you know, it's Netflix, yeah, they probably just can't figure me out. So, um, <laughs> like, I tried to watch, I tried to watch that show Ozarks, you know, I don't know if you heard of it, it's like, yeah, and so I tried to watch it, and at first I was like, oh, it's a really good show. But then I, you know, got to thinking about it, I am from the Ozarks, and so, no, 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 then I, I had to quit, no, 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 cannot watch it, um, <laughs> so you know. everyone says it's, like, really great, but, you know, I'll repeat that show in my mind, because, yeah. no way. There you go, <laughs> all, all the fun things, oh, man, well, <laughs> Shelby, what, what would you say that you are looking for or living out your calling right now? You know, I think if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have definitely not been humble enough to say that I was looking for a calling. I think I would have absolutely said, you know, I have it all figured out. I'm graduating with a master's degree. I know what I'm doing. And I still think I have a grasp on what I'm doing, but I also know, and I think everyone can relate for the past year, you know, things change really quickly and life changes really fast. And so... I think that's a loaded question for me because, you know, I really think and I really hope that my callings change throughout my lifetime based on where I'm needed Hmm. and where I can best be used. And so absolutely right now, you know, like I said, I get to work with college students, college leaders, and I get to be this sometimes voice of reason, this sometimes fun character. And sometimes this person who has to dish out some hard lessons. Mm. Um, And so I think right now I'm being used where I best fit. But, you know, in five years from now and then five years before now, I hope that I was and will be used, you know, where I'm most needed then. So I guess, you know... In, in long story short, I think that I am living out my calling in 2021, but I'm sure if we ask, you know, 2031 Shelby, then she will be even more scatterbrained and say, what was 2121 Shelby saying? Oh, but yes. so, yeah, I think I'm living it out. Um, but, you know, I also think that if we stop looking and if we start saying, like, this is what I'm supposed to do and this is the only mm. thing I can do, then we really put ourselves in a kind of hard position, yeah. you know, kind of a position where we have to then either stick with something, even if our hearts shift and our mm-hmm. calling shift, or we have to then go through the whole cycle of evolving and changing and being okay with that, mm-hmm. um, which I think I put myself through too many times because I, I really hate change less so than I used to. But, you know, I think back to when I graduated undergrad, I hate change so much. The months leading up to graduating and the months directly after graduating were some of the worst times in my life. And I truly attribute some of that. Some things were outside 
situations and influences, but I really think it's because I had pigeonholed myself into thinking, okay, this is what I have to do with my life because I was going to go to school for marriage and family therapy and through just self-exploration, different situations that happen and different things, I realized, I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so then, like I said, I had kind of decided in my mind. And so I had to go through all of this new self-discovery and all of this, you know, growth saying, okay, I have to be okay with a new plan. And so I think through the years, whether I like it or not, I've had to come to the terms it's okay to change and we have Mm -hmm. to change. And so, like I said, I think that in order to not, you know, put yourself through the challenge of coming to terms with changing the change in itself and then the aftermath, we have to be okay with knowing that life changes and so will you, you know, seasons change too, everything changes. and. It can be really beautiful or it can be really hard. And sometimes it being hard is out of our control, but sometimes, you know, we can do a lot to help it not be so challenging. Mm, Absolutely. And, you know, I hear that theme of flexibility, I think, in what you're saying. And, you know, it really wasn't until my senior, my first senior year of college, (laughs) where I really was thrust into this idea of, all right, the rug has been pulled out from under you this is where you are at, you must adapt. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it has given me and it has taught me, it has given me so much peace. Because, you know, I am very, I I am very firmly settled in what my calling is right now. And that is to be in the classroom. But I also believe that while God is unchanging and his faithfulness is consistent that doesn't mean that our lives will always look the same and so even though I know that I love teenagers and I want to hang out with them all the time I know that there is a possibility that some at some point in my life God can steer that or move it in a different direction it doesn't have to be in the classroom it doesn't have to be you know this or that or what I thought it was going to be so I, I loved hearing you say that that was so sweet Ah, thank you. Yeah. And I, you know, Caitlin, I think that you are a great example of flexibility in life, not because, you know, you've done incredible things in college. That's, of course, you know, part of it, but because, you know, you are and have proven to be able to go into situations saying, okay, how can I make an influence? How can I make an impact with what I have to work with right now? And how can I mold and grow and learn and then make an impact with what I will know in the future. And so I think that's, yeah, part of living out our calling is saying I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for whatever Mm. God puts in front of me. I'm up for whatever situations arise in life and I'm not going to be complacent and stubborn as much as I hate change and as much as I would love to know my life for the next however many years. And I would would love to have a roadmap of what that looks like right now. I know that it's causing me more heartache and complication just to say, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life, no mm-hmm. exceptions. And so I think that we open ourselves up to more love and growth and experiences to say, bring it on, we'll figure it out, and we'll do the best we can with what we have. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, Shelby, if... Right now, if you are really living out your calling and still kind of looking to, but kind of firmly living it out, what does that look like day to day for you right now? 
you know, the past year with COVID, I'm not going to lie, around July, August, September, you know, things kept getting canceled. And like I said, I hate change. So when we kept hearing these reports that were like, we're going to be back to normal in August, we're going to be back to normal in December, whatever that looked like, I would make plans. I would start making plans. Okay, great. Well, okay, then December, we're going to do events. August, we're going to do events. Great, great, great. And, you know, it was really discouraging to then wake up and one day it's August and we're still having thousands of deaths in the country and we still have people that are hurting and we're not able to do the things we want to do. And so with that, Tanner, my husband, and I had a really candid conversation of, okay, we have to do something and it has to be beneficial for me, really, because I was the one that was struggling so much with changes in plans and really not listening to Jesus, not listening to influential people around me because I had this tight grasp of what I thought life should look like right now. And so I really wasn't living out any calling. I was just kind of going through the motions and kind of just doing my job and and being here. And so, like I said, Tanner and I had a really candid conversation of how can we make things better? Um, just in life and, you know, not have all these disappointments. And so in that, I really started noticing and making lists of things that got me excited, right? So if I heard something great on the news, why was I excited for that? Was I excited for that for the possibility of seeing people? You know, was I excited for that for the for planning, for my, like, need for, you know, control? Why was I getting excited for the possibility of doing things? Um, and through that, I really started getting better about aligning my intentions and my words and my actions Mm. because I'm really the first person to say, be kind. We have to spread kindness. You know, I have a choose kindness sign in my front yard, but then I would, you know, my words, my, you know, actions wouldn't necessarily align. Right. Mm. And even though I think we all want to be, you know, the most well-intended person, the kindest person, if we're not, really, really cognizant of how to align your intentions, your words, and your actions, we can kind of get off base. Um, And so I was, you know, especially in my home, really, my intentions and my words weren't lining up. I would say something um, and, you know, I would hurt someone's feelings. I hurt my friends. I hurt my family's feelings. And I would say, well, I didn't intend to, I didn't intend Mm. to hurt your feelings. And, but I really had to come to terms with the fact that our intentions don't really matter if the consequences are hurting people that we love. And so I guess, you know, long story short, I started really being conscious of looking for opportunities to make an impact to, for, to get myself excited about something and looking forward to something in just the mundane days. So whether that would be waking up and making a list of people that I wanted to get in contact with that week, whether it be sending an encouraging text message or a letter um, or, you know, diving deeper into something I wanted to know about or um, diving deeper into a woman in scripture that I wanted to look more like. Um, You know, it's just finding little things in the mundane, the week to get us through Mm -hmm. and to help us figure out who we are. Because I think sometimes it's so easy for us to get caught up and say, kind of like I was saying earlier, you know, I already know everything. I know who I am. I've gone to school. Mm -hmm. I've done these things. I've done all the right things. I've done the Bible studies. I've done, you know, the encouraging Instagram posts. I follow all these people on Instagram. I've done the therapy. I'm, I'm great. I know, I know who I am. 
And then, like I said, then we wake up one day and our intentions, our words, and our actions are not aligning and we're not living out our calling um, and we're not doing the best we can with what we have. And so, you know, I think it all comes down to those things, really being intentional about who we are right now, who we want to be, working with what we have right now, because we only make choices and decisions based on the knowledge that we have right now. But we can always look forward to gaining more knowledge, gaining more, you know, interpersonal relationships, and then being better tomorrow and working with what we have tomorrow. So, you know, I guess for me, living out my calling day to day or finding my calling day to day looks just like that. Just Mm -hmm. being really intentional, waking up and saying, okay, there's still work to be done. How am I going to do the work? How am I going to keep my passion? And if I don't know how, who do I need to connect with to get that back? Who do I need to lean on? What resources do I have? Um, and, you know, we're humans. And as much as I think we'd love to just be able to wake up every day and say, we're great. And we don't need anything. And we can, we have a full cup and we can, you know, uplift everyone. That's just, that's not the case, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And so I think just being self-aware enough to know when you can keep going, when you can continue to be loved to people and when you need that love in return and when you you know need people around you because we are humans and we're mm-hmm. creatures of community and we need that so you know the day-to-day I think just looks like a lot of hard work but yeah. um, as you know we're up for it absolutely absolutely so what what then would you say are some of the things that prepared you for this? Like what experiences, what places brought you to where you are? You know, I, when I got to college and even in high school, I really used to pretend like everything leading up to that point had been perfect. Right. Mm. I used to try to pretend like, you know, I was a perfect kid. I had the perfect childhood. And while I, I had an incredible childhood, do not get me wrong that but you know I'm a divorce so mm-hmm. and I think as we learn and as we grow as adults we all kind of realize that there are things from you know our life our youth just as people that really have shaped us and molded us into who we are be it great lessons or be it hard lessons and so I think that I learned a lot of really hard lessons early on a lot of rejection that came from times in elementary, times in junior high, times in high school, mm. um, you know, being the kid that is kind of a pushover, that <laughs> is a people pleaser, and that has kind of a lot of energy and it's kind of like mm-hmm. psycho brain, um, <laughs> doesn't really, doesn't lead to, you know, the popular kid growing up, the popular kid in high school, and I spent a lot of time knowing that I had a lot of talent because I was told by people, Mm. by adults really, that I had all of this talent, that I had all of this poise. I was a very talented dancer. I was a very talented speaker. I was good in school, but then wondering why is this not aligning all the time with friends? Mm. Even though I had some great friends, like, well, why am I not the popular one? Why am I not doing this? And so, like I said, it really took me, I got to college and I thought, okay, this is, you know, I'm, this is great. And come to find out I got to college and I was, I was getting everything. I was getting into every club that I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. I was getting all of the awards. I was, I got in the sorority. I, you know, did all of these things. I was doing everything right. 
And I think I woke up one day, the middle of my freshman year, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm getting everything that I thought I wanted, the popularity, the friends, mm. the good grades, the everything. Why why am I still feeling this way, uh-huh. right? Like, why am I still feeling like there's a missing piece of the puzzle? And so I walked over to the OSU Counseling Center, and I just signed up. And I thought, okay, maybe this is, you know, like, what I – where I need to be. And through that, and I would recommend that every single human go to therapy, even if you don't have the perfect childhood, even if you are perfect, please go to therapy because I promise you there are things that through that, just talking to someone, talking to someone, you know, just so removed from the situation being Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't normal, right? Like Mm -hmm. that wasn't normal to think, okay, okay, you're right. Yeah, that wasn't normal. And that was a turning point middle through my freshman year when I started to realize, you know, I don't need validation from others and I don't need these awards in these situations. Um, and, you know, I still throughout college still fell into that cycle sometimes thinking like, okay, I need this validation. And I even remember my sophomore year of college, which I feel like such, you know, a hang on talking about this, but I remember I didn't get top 10 <laughs> freshmen, you know, that's a big thing at OSU. And I left the football game early. I remember leaving because I was so upset. Mm. And it's times like that when I look back. And even sometimes now, you know, I see people getting awards. I see people doing things. And I have to catch myself and think, you know, these are lessons. These are things that you have to learn, that you have to learn that your worth does not come from external factors. Mm. And so learning the hard lessons early on, really, I think, helped me prepare to be able to be the person that I wanted to become. And I wish at the time, I wish in high school and early college, I could have stopped myself and said, you are becoming who you always wanted to be. And you just have to slow down and see it. And there's going Mm -hmm. to be road bumps. You know, there were times in college, even later college, that I was, you know, just falling into the crowd and going with the flow because I you know, I, I don't like conflict. I want to be a go with the flow person. And then I'd wake up one day and think, no, I, I need to be my own person. And so it's mm-hmm. this internal struggle that I think we always are going to deal with as people, um, that we're going to fall back into old habits, but learning the hard, hard lessons early on where you're able to then be conscious of it and stop yourself and say, okay, here's who you are. Here's who you are in Christ. Here's who you are, even if you're not religious. Here's who you are as a human. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be externally validated because you're already exactly where you need to be. And so, you know, like I said, going to therapy. And then also, because I don't like conflict and because I like pleasing people, I really just kind of blindly said yes to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I got offered a job in men's basketball and I said, Sure. And so I worked in men's basketball all throughout my undergrad <laughs> under three different division one coaches. And I would always tell people what my job is. And they would say, Oh my gosh, that's the coolest job ever. And I would think, is it like, I just, I kind of said yes. And I got it. And, and looking back, I, I met some of my greatest people I've ever known and the greatest people still to this day that I have ever known. And I love them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, found this community and I think like, you know, I was just, this girl from Tahlequah, Oklahoma that decided to go to college and I was just kind of like, okay. And so saying yes to things like that or saying yes to being on Palinic or saying yes to, you know, when I realized I didn't want to go to graduate school for marriage and family therapy, saying yes to my old Palinic advisor who said, you should go for higher education. And I said, okay. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's just, it's, 
it's saying yes and not giving yourself the time to think it through. I'm going to catch myself, though. I don't want anyone listening to think that you should just say yes to everything and not think things through because there are some things absolutely you should think through. Yes. So I say this kind of frivolously and kind of, you know, in a lighthearted way because there are some things that I should have said no to, some things that overwhelmed me and some things Mm. that weren't what I needed to do. And that's led to hard situations, you know, in friendships and professional realms to then have to go back and say, I'm sorry, I overbooked myself. I need to Mm -hmm. say no on this. And so, you know, listen to your gut, listen to who you know that you are. And I think it all circles back to knowing who you are and knowing what you need as a human, because if you can trust your gut, you know, it's good for you. You know, it's not good for you. You have these people that you can count on where you can, you know, follow people in a crowd that are good for you, but also know where you stand too, um, then you're, you can't be steered wrong if you are, you know, if you're doing what's best for you as a human and what's best for what you know now, the knowledge that you have mm-hmm. right now, if you're working with that and you go off of that, I really don't think that you can go wrong. And so, you know, I guess long story short, what has prepared me for where I am now is learning lessons the hard way, but also having space to grow in a safe environment where I was able to learn those lessons in a space where people said, I have your back Mm -hmm. and um, I have your back and I'm here for you and I support you. And so for anyone listening, I would encourage you, you know, it's sometimes really hard to pinpoint those communities in our lives. And sometimes I even, even now, sometimes I'll wake up and say, oh my gosh, like I don't have friends. I don't have a support system. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And if it is true for someone listening or you feel that that's true, I encourage you to really think about the people that make you feel safe and the people that make you feel whole and not just the people that hype you up when things are going well and then you don't hear from them in the dark times and not just people that you hear from only in the dark times and you don't hear mm-hmm. from them all the time. I encourage you to think about the people who challenge you to be the person you know you can be while also giving you that safe space to make mistakes, mm-hmm. make the hard decisions, and the people that say, I'm going to be here no matter what. It's up to you to find your path. And I think that that... Mm-hmm having that, finding that, and really honing in on that has really helped me to be where I am. I still cannot believe that this is only part one of two of this amazing episode. Guys, Shelby is incredible. I'm sure you can get even just a small glimpse into that in our conversation, and I cannot wait for you to hear part two. But until then... I would love it if you would share our podcast with your friends who need some encouragement, who need some inspiration, who just need to be reminded that we all are equipped and sent to be a part of the kingdom. Guys, I can't wait. I'm so excited for you to hear part two. But until then, I pray that we all are becoming the kind of women that when our feet at the floor, the devil says, oh no, she's up. <laughs>